Welcome to Security Architecture Podcast, where we help cybersecurity professionals to stay ahead of the curve and ensure they are successful in their cybersecurity journey. Hi, I'm Evgeny. Hi, I'm Dimitri. We have here Amit from Perimeter 81. Amit, can you please introduce yourself and the company? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm Dimitri and Evgeny. I'm very happy to speak with you this evening. My name is Amit. I'm the co-founder and the CEO of Perimeter 81. We're an Israeli cybersecurity company based out of Tel Aviv. We have offices as well as in the US, in New York, in LA. And we, in Perimeter 81, developing a secure network as a service, which is basically speaking a cloud-based platform to consume both IoT and networking uh, from the cloud as a service. We're about uh, almost 100 employees going very rapidly. Um, and I think there are two unique uh, maturity points uh, for Perimeter 81 specifically, which is one, our network expertise in the cloud and the way we run and manage networks in the cloud edge. The second one is SaaS, is the way that we basically make the product accessible and easy to use. Amazing. Amit, what's the name of the offering or product that addressing the remote access by PA21? <laughs> so surprisingly, the name of the product is Perm31, cloud-based unified network and security platform. Uh, technically, Perimeter 81 fits to the definition of uh, SASI, or a Secure Access Service Edge, which is a term that was coined by Gartner, I think it was in August uh, last year, which is basically even a, a newer industry space that is disrupting uh, the way cybersecurity and infrastructure has been consumed uh, till now. So, Amit, if you're going to develop a new product in six months, how are you going to call it? Perimeter 82? <laughs> so it's a good question. It was very hard to choose the name, so uh, I'll try to avoid uh, doing that again. Uh, I think with Perimeter 31, we're here for the long run. We don't have any plans to change or uh, go for another product. I think this space is uh, just in the beginning of the beginning, and there is still a very long way to, uh, to go. As you probably realize, we are a security architecture podcast. So we're talking about architecture mainly, and we want to understand how you guys design, how you guys architect it. With remote access, it's very important how you connect. And because we move from on-prem and we move to a cloud, it means we need to understand how the end user will connect secure, quickly, and, and in a scalable way to where they need to connect. Can you describe your architecture? Can you describe the methodology and the logic you guys build behind your product and probably show as well? Yes, absolutely. Let me show my screen and we'll show you uh, the high-level architecture and we can uh, have a discussion around it and I'll be happy to show a quick demo uh, so it will be more uh, realistic. So generally speaking, Perimeter 81 has a, a relatively simple concept and three main components. The first component, which is the box you can see spinning in the middle, uh, is our uh, multi-tenant and multi-regional cloud network. So today we operate about 25 to 30 almost uh, data centers spread all over the world from the US and Europe and Asia and, and Australia and so forth. And basically speaking, hardware that we bought 
we manage and know and that we collocating in different data centers all over the globe. I mean, quick, quick question here. Why you decided to go with a private data centers and not with AWS, Azure, or GCP? There are two things. One, it's very important to be in the edge, right? You cannot compete with physics and you need to be close to your customers and to provide the lowest latency that you can. So for example, uh, for customers in Israel, there is no GCP, there is no uh, um, AWS or Azure uh, data centers yet. So you'll have to be close to your customers and exist in the edge. Um, so that basically allows us to be anywhere, right? Wherever our customers are, doing to everyone is. Um, and providing a very low latency is a game changer, right? The experience, as you tunnel all the traffic of the organization, instead of tunneling it through the appliance that you have inside your office, which is today empty, right? Both the resources are moving to the cloud and employees are working from home. And you basically shift to the cloud edge, it is important to be close. The second advantage is basically the ownership. So we manage the hardware, and we manage the connectivity lines and the peering agreements. And it allows us to really offer a very optimized delivery platform that can truly become the bloodstream of the organization to consume both the networking and security from the cloud. So and the third thing is cost, uh, which is basically speaking in the long run, um, is more uh, efficient. Now in Prem31, we have uh, we are we didn't start is running our own data centers uh, from the beginning. We started to work with uh, public cloud, and so, so we shifted them out and moved into our own uh, data centers. Very interesting. Uh, so let's say if I'm a customer, may I have a, a server or number of servers that dedicated to me and serving only my traffic? Or yeah. it will be always multi-tenant environment? So the way that we basically architecture the network is that uh, the same physical servers are, are serving everyone, right? It's a multi-tenant, multi-regional environment. So if you're in Israel, you work with the data center in Israel, and if you're in the US, you work with the data center in the US. We have some kind of virtualization level uh, per uh, tenant um, in order to provide uh, segmentation of the networks uh, between customers. And that is not only uh, based on software, but on true uh, virtualization. So in order to provide a better uh, security. And this security. is something proprietary you guys build or you use containers or something already available on the internet? We, we have built uh, a stack of software that basically orchestrate and manage the virtualization. The virtualization itself are basically common uh, things that uh, the market uh, offers, right? I won't go into too much details, but there's a lot of uh, software um, that we developed and lots of maturity, right? As I mentioned, uh, the company, we have an history uh, of running uh, scalable networks in the cloud, whether it's uh, our previous company, the VPN, which was a consumer VPN company, 
that we sold to J2, a public company in the US, right? We continued with the same team and brought a lot of experience and know-how into Printerio. I mean, can you describe how would I connect from my home to a resource in my cloud or in uh, or in my office, for example? Sure. So uh, I will go back and introduce the late the two uh, last uh, components. So we spoke about the the network, right? Which is the bloodstream of the organization. The network becomes the bloodstream of the organization. On top of it, we provide the different security services and we'll address the different use cases. The second component is the management platform, which is basically the control channel or the SDP controller, if you compare it to the software-defined perimeter methodology, right? And that controller is like a control tower in an airport where the control tower sees which airplanes are taking off, which airplanes are landing, and which airplanes are flying by. So that basically control tower orchestrates the entire security policies and continuously communicates both with the network, which is the STP gateways, right, and the agent or the browser in the agentless version in order to process commands and enforce user-centric policies. One of the core thinking about Perimeter 31 is to shift from a site-centric security into a user-centric security, right? The question is not longer what is the security policy for the site in Tel Aviv and the site in New York, rather than what is the security policy for Dimitri, right? And that basically the control channel, the, the control tower, the, the, the management platform allows you to do so. In the last component is the agent uh, which runs on uh, the managed devices of the organizations which are basically turning on uh, and always on a VPN tunnel to our uh, cloud to the nearest pop whenever the user is outside the office um, in order to provide a seamless experience whether you're inside the office or outside the office. I mean, isn't this, in this, in this case, every connection to my office will be done through the perimeter 81 cloud correct we become the center we become the bloodstream of the organization so do i have the same do i have the full ipsec connection to my hq or i only have connection to a specific application so once you basically connect you open your laptop on a managed device all the traffic goes to perimeter 31 we provide security we provide also access back to your resources with premise or in the infrastructure as a service okay ws or google cloud now, uh, the thinking about it is that instead of tunnel all the traffic through the, the physical concentrator within your office, you tunnel back only the required traffic per the policies that you configure inside our management platform. Now, uh, there are three main use cases that we support. The first one, we, which we call outside to inside, which we have the most of maturity of, is the zero trust remote access. How basically users can access remotely resources either in the cloud environments or on-premise. And here we have a, a complementary solution. One is the agent that runs on the managed device and provides zero trust network access based on the user policy. We enable specific ports and protocols to be exposed and basically accessible by the users. And the second part which is the agentless version for unmanaged device and applications and access to the browser, right? To uh, applications that exist in the branch or uh, in the cloud 
and we support uh, uh, the range of uh, protocols, including web, HTTP, HTTPS, uh, SSH, RDP, VNC, internet, and basically speaking, allowing the employees to land on a very user-friendly uh, portal um, in Google Chrome, for example, and uh, start a session to the applications. Now, we uh, break the protocol uh, in our network, right? over here, and we're transmitting basically emulated uh, version of the application to the agent. So there is no network access completely to the network, providing a greater uh, segmentation, and we call it zero trust application access, right? Uh, so both the zero trust network access and zero trust application access binded together under the zero trust remote access. That's the first use case that we uh, support. The second use case um, that we are now focusing on is basically allowing user to internet and branch to internet security. All the features that you use to consume through a firewall, to consume them through Parental One, including intrusion prevention system, uh, IPS, uh, network antivirus, uh, URL filtering, DNS filtering, which we already offer, and others. So basically speaking, on top of our network, we are now implementing range of security services. Some are our home development, and some are partnerships with different partners, like SonicWall, for example, which we have partnered last year. Um, and they also invested in Perm31 um, in order to uh, enhance our offering to the complete firewall as a service solution. Very interesting. And uh, how do you license this? I'm assuming it's uh, based on the user because everything is user-centric. Yeah, definitely. Everything is user-centric. It's, uh, it's licensed per user per month or per year. Very flexible pricing. We, today we have more than uh, 1,100 customers uh, from all the different uh, segments. We have a really great momentum adding about more than uh, 100 uh, 21 and 30 new customers every month and growing. And the adoption is quick. And one of the, uh, I think the special things about Perimeter One that it's very easy to configure and set up. Just like, uh, let's say Office 365, you can start with relatively low amount of users, land them on the platform and grow them in, over time. So we see companies and starting very quickly with relatively low amount of licenses and expand very, very quickly, not only to remote access, but also for internet security and so forth. How do you ensure scalability in this case, if people growing very fast? It's a good question. Um, first of all, our control channel is uh, based and runs on AWS. So basically the the way that we developed it in a microservices environment allow us to scale the control channel very, very quickly. In regards to the network, we make sure to always to maintain a free capacity that will maintain our future growth. In matter of the architecture, it's really distributed and allow us to scale to infinite, basically speaking. It's only allow, requiring us to manage the resources ahead and plan accordingly. Is there an option to run uh, 
perimeter 81 on-prem, let's say if I have my own data center and servers, can I run your software stack and connect it to your management pane? No. Currently, we are a pure SaaS company. We don't plan to offer an on-premise solution in the, next, in the near future, but I can never know. The one of the things that I think drives the Perimeter 81 goal is that we work very closely with our customers, right? And we listen to them and we drive. We have a, a vision and we have a path of understanding what we need to do. But by working closely with your customers, right? And I'm trying to go at least in two to three customer calls every week. Uh, to ask them, what are your challenges? What, uh, what do you think we need to improve? What are the use cases that we don't cover? Uh, how do you use, utilize and use the system? It allows us to, to get a greater understanding. And as we develop the product and make it uh, with a greater product market fit, we see the adoption and get quicker. Sales are becoming quicker. Uh, satisfaction rate is becoming higher. Mit, can you tell me and explain how do you tie to single sign on an MFA? We work from home. So there is no IP by source. We need to tie in Okta, AD, Azure, or any other identity platform. Talk a bit about more on how you... So like you can see over here, uh, the identity provider is a very integrated part of the uh, print one, right? Um, I'll go back and switch to the platform itself, uh, which is, this is the management platform, right? In the first step, when we do demo, we say that Look, Perimeter 1 is a user-centric. It's all about providing security in a user-centric way. The first step that you need to do is integrate your identity provider, right? And the integration, uh, we supported a range of identity providers, including even a password. If you'd like to invite, for example, a third party uh, that you don't want on your identity provider, we, we support any Summon 2.0, on-premise Active Directory. We support uh, Azure Active Directory, Google Suite and allowing you to connect multiple identity providers together. And, and basically speaking, as a user, right, when I will uh, log out one second uh, from the admin portal and we log in uh, with a user, it will automatically uh, redirect me to uh, my identity provider. And for this case, I already signed in and will log me into the printer one platform, the same with the agents and so forth. So uh, this is uh, basically speaking. And the way we do that, we support also two-factor authentication, whether it's uh, a SMS or a Google Authenticator or dual security. And as you can say, the, the, the configuration setup is relatively very easy. Now, um, of course, now, of course, you can uh, control based on the different identity provider settings and the groups and the different policies, right? And what the user can access and what the user cannot access and uh, to have a more granular access and something that is part of uh, the platform and connects to all the, all the others. You can see over here the, the list of the users and the, the organization. This is just that account. You can see which identity providers they are coming from, right? And the groups they are associated over here. So you can manage it uh, relatively in a centralized way. So this would sync the groups from uh, my IDP actually, and it will sync all the configuration right. from my IDP for the users. Right. 
these days people are using their browsers for performing the, their day-to-day -day tasks and their work. It's important that that remote access is, becomes part of that thing, right? Can you explain to us how does Perimeter 81 uh, answers that? Is there a client or a client-less technology? So as I mentioned, there is a client, right? For Windows, Mac, iPhone, and Android for the managed devices that you can distribute from the MDM back. For unmanaged devices, uh, we, and also through managed device, it doesn't overcome it. Uh, we have a current-less and, uh, and web-based uh, zero-trust access to uh, network applications. Basically speaking, as an admin, I can configure different applications that I have uh, within uh, my network. It can be, we support RDP, HTTP, HTTPS, SSH, PNC, um, I can have a very granular access on the users that can access the application as well as the policy. For example, I want to uh, uh, provide, uh, deny access on uh, on Sundays, right? And the policy I configure over here, I can show you it later on, but uh, once I configure application, users, if I will log in not as an admin, but as a user, and we'll do it uh, here very quickly to show it to you. We'll, we'll have a portal where they basically can uh, see the different applications they can access to, right? Here I logged in as a user. And you can see that I can see my, my applications that they can access, whether it's uh, on-prem applications or RDP servers. And we basically, uh, after an authorization and policy verification, and we allow access to the resource. And we emulate the RDP session in our cloud and transmitting an image to the browser. So uh, it works uh, very uh, seamlessly. And uh, you decide when to use clientless and when to use a client. How the customer decide? How do you guide them? What do you? So the managed devices would like to run the client because it provides all the security features like the firewall as a service solutions, right? Regardless to remote access. And we recommend them on all the application to use the, the agent list, right? And version. And even the managed devices can use the portal, right? It will only provide them another level of uh, security. Uh, the advantage is that you can block completely your application servers from uh, being accessed on the network level. And so that's, that's relatively uh, a big advantage, provide you a greater segmentation. For example, to your SSH server, you don't need to manage keys, right? You can provide access, yeah, sorry, sure. You can provide access to your SSH servers uh, very easily and uh, in straightforward way without uh, giving them a network access to the server itself. And I guess there is a detailed log later on that told me who access particular SSH server or particular yes. resource. Yeah, there's there's a there's a detailed activity log, and you can connect your SIM provider as well. Is there a recording for what was done during the session? No, I'm guessing that certain features are available on the client list, and certain available as a client. So, for example, printing problem, I cannot print the client list. So, if there's for the client part, what protocols are supported? I know we're talking with many customers. VoIP is a very important protocol. Yeah. File so, share, so, printing. So tell what you guys provide and what you guys support. So 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 with the client, uh, we support uh, all ports, all protocols. The client is a replacement to the traditional IPsec uh, VPN to use and it provides your network access, but much more granular. 
Uh, the, the clientless, we support the following protocols, RDP, SSH, VNC, Ethernet, and SSH. You can see it over here. And the advantage uh, that we try to accommodate all the different requirements, for example, for RDP, uh, we don't allow you to directly print to your printer at home, but we allow you to print to a PDF and then you can print the PDF. Uh, can you elaborate more about VoIP and printing? I know they work diff different as a protocol, like as a VoIP, for example, when I initial the connection, eventually have to go point to point. If it ha all have to go through your cloud, how VoIP will work? So with the client list and printing, we basically print it to PDF over the browser communication. And then you need to print it in your local computer, right? And and with the client? With the client, we provide uh, network access. So as long as you basically uh, allow rule uh, to have a complete network access to port 3389 in the RDP, then you have a complete access to your native uh, Windows RDP client. And, but I still need to deploy a type of proxy in my environment to actually allow this, this, this communication. How VoIP will work? Because in a VoIP session, I'll have to go point to point. Would I go through your cloud or it will go separately? You will go, once you basically build your network in Plan 31, you need to build up your uh, routing tables, basically to specify which routes are existing behind which tunnels, right? So. If I go back to the architecture, if you are outside the office and you'd like to communicate with, uh, for example, uh, uh, your colleague over here, you will have to basically specify once you build a network, what IP subnets are behind of this standard to the headquarters, right? And then uh, once you basically initiate a VoIP conversation uh, to your colleague, it will route from parent one back to the headquarters. So it, it, it does go through your cloud? Yes. Does people experience any slowness or complaints, or do they usually have enough bandwidth latency, I uh, guess, more? I think the, the advantage with, uh, with uh, Print31 is that uh, we uh, remove, right? We reduce uh, the load from the appliance in the headquarter because we terminate the connections and basically drives better results, uh, given that, that we are so very close to the customers usually. Uh, because of our cloud edge pops and it uh, increases performance. Uh, additionally, we are now uh, switch simply to a wildguard protocol instead of IPsec, which is a very much faster uh, tunneling protocol than the traditional IPsec, which provides a better results as well from uh, any VPN that uh, currently being used in uh, with any appliances. Let's say I'm somewhere distant and I have a very slow network. Or example, I'm roaming between networks. How would the agent list and the agent solution behave in such case? Would it still maintain the continuous connection and uh, seamlessly switch me? Or I will have to re-log in, reconnect, or do something else? So I'll start with the agent list. The agent list uh, basically runs within the browser. We uh, delegate some of the quality of uh, the emulation that being transmitted to the browser. And like, uh, you can, like when you're watching uh, YouTube, right, in slow network, then it wouldn't run in HD, it would run in uh, 480 uh, H. So <laughs> you basically see some delegation in the quality uh, of uh, the rendering. Uh, but um, 
it wouldn't break. Um, in matter of the agents, the fact that we basically switched to WAGAB, which is a session-less uh, tunneling protocol, uh, like uh, you can think about SSH, right? When you're uh, moving between networks with SSH, it uh, depends on your security configuration, but the, the, the tunnel uh, can uh, sustain uh, and remain uh, uh, stable. Um, while IPsec basically breaks the session and requires you to reconnect and reestablish the connection and so forth, which is very, very annoying. Uh, so uh, WAGAB is definitely something that uh, we managed to to work in a very stable way, even with uh, 60 and 70% packet loss. Amit, what about reporting? What about user behavior? Do you guys track anything interesting in this case, what people ask you to report? So, so definitely something that we are going to invest in the next uh, coming uh, quarters uh, more. Today we have a full activity log, right? Which application the user accessed from where, what device, and so forth, as well allowing you to export it to your same environment. But as we adding now more security features to the platform for use case number two, we will need and will want to show more security and valuable information, right? Uh, so it means collecting much more logs and reports uh, from uh, the system and to visualize it uh, in real time. Uh, for example, one of the features that is coming in the next quarter is a real-time view, like uh, when, uh, like in Google Analytics, when you can see a website who is accessing where and what is doing. Uh, so that's the real-time view like we to provide uh, to our customers of what's going within uh, the network. So there are lots, as you can imagine, providing a user-centric security, you can provide also user-centric activity and trail audit and so forth. I think um, with the simplicity of the platform, the sky is the limit. And there are many things that we can add. Uh, we need to prioritize. I think that the uh, SASE specifically will see unification um, of different security vendors and security offerings. Uh, not specifically uh, mergers and acquisitions, but also uh, uh, partnerships and uh, marketplaces and so forth, because instead of consuming uh, security from the on-premise and installing uh, uh, a security solution in the laboratory, testing it, making a PLC, right? And the implementation can be very quick, integrations can be very quick with different security vendors, right? So if there would be a security vendor that will provide a very... Uh, uh, sophisticated uh, machine learning, AI type of, uh, of activity, uh, audit and uh, monitoring is something that we'll definitely be happy to, to add to on top of uh, Thank that. you. Thank you. We want to open up to like, open topics. We are around half an hour of recording right now. Anything you want to ask, ask or want to share more that we didn't cover? I think that what you guys are doing is uh, really uh, great. There is a disruption in the way we consume uh, cybersecurity and networking. And I think the market will completely change. It would happen already in IT and storage or in Dropbox and Box and so forth. And it will happen with uh, security. Um, it's still not 100% clear how it will look like exactly. Um, but I think that uh, this year and specifically COVID that accelerated the trend uh, gave it a really great momentum 
both for the SASE space and uh, for us, for Prem 31 specifically. I'm really excited and uh, I think very grateful to be in this space now, in which I think will uh, completely change the way uh, we work and consume uh, security. I agree, I agree. Great. We're going to sh- definitely share links to your POC and demo and white paper when we're going to publish the episode with all the information. And if Dimitri, any questions from you to Amit? It would be great to see how you're actually connecting from the client side. This is basically the, the agent that runs in the background, right? Uh, can run in always-on mode. It can be uh, on-demand. Uh, basically, once you can see the V, all the traffic goes to Prem31 and provide the security. Uh, for example, if I look what is my IP address, uh, you'll see that the ISP is Prem31, right? Uh, nice. Uh, I mean, what happened if a customer also use uh, a cloud-based web gateway or something else, mm. zero filter? That's, yeah, so, so, so the idea is that today we, we have some uh, solutions in order to make it work, but ideally in the future we become the, the cloud gateway. Okay. There's no need to, to double. Uh, it's one of our core offerings specifically in use case number two. Awesome. Amit, thank you very much. It was our pleasure. Thank you, Amit. Absolutely. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and join us for our next episode.